Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of For the Love of Sports. My name is Michael Brazil. This is the show where I get to talk about sports, I get to talk about business, and I get to talk about everything in between. Today, my incredible guest, I have Bodine Sanders. He's a former college football player and author of Race Against Against Race. Bodine, how you doing today, man? I'm good, Mike. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. The pleasure is all mine, brother, as we're here to talk about your book, I guess I got to plug mine as well. Mine's coming out this week, so we'll see what happens there. But, Bodine, the first question I have for everybody on the For the Love of Sports podcast is, why do you love sports so much? Wow. You know, that's a great question to start off. Um, like Thank you. most kids growing up in America, and probably over the, all over the world, but definitely let's stick to America, we grow up watching sports. Um, we were introduced to sports by either our father, our uncle, our mother, our aunt, someone in the family first, right? It starts mm -hmm. off within the family and then it grows. And you go from there to learning how to appreciate the sport, right? Um, and the excitement of it, the entertainment of it, the roughness of it, the competitive nature of it, the competition of it. So, um, you know, I grew up in, in Jacksonville, Florida. And down south, one of the uh, cliche uh, terms that is said is um, sports is the second religion in the south especially football, right? Football is the king in the South. And, you know, you follow the SEC, the ACC. So you, you know, you being a lover of sports, you know that. So you grow up loving sports, you, you watch it on TV. And the next thing you know, you find a particular athlete that you, um, feel, you know, matches your personality um, or plays a particular position that you may be playing at that time or you dream to play that position and then you want to be like that athlete, right? The biggest ad campaign in, the, in, our, in our history was what? Be like Mike, right? Mm -hmm. So that's that's real. That's true. It happens every single day in this country. So it started there as a kid. Unfortunately for me, my mom wouldn't allow me to play Pee Wee, Pop Warner or Little League football or T-ball or anything. She was not having any of it. So that dream really built and consumed me until I was able to play. And I wasn't able to play until um, junior high school, which I guess they call middle school now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I so, mean, your your mom should have known by letting you not play. Of course, that's going to be the only thing you want to do, right? You know, so that's always <laughs> got to love kids. If they can't have something, that's the only thing they want. So and I think it's really interesting, man. And I'm excited to kind of get into the book a little bit and, you know, having it, you know, it's it's about you. It's about your story, the ups and the downs, obviously, the, the positives, the negatives that everybody can get from it. but. I guess, why, why did you want to write a book? 
right? Like I, I, I ask these questions too, because again, I just went through this process. We essentially went through the, the almost the exact same process at the same time, which I think is really cool. But why, why did you want to write a book outside of what the book is specifically about? Was there ever just like a part of you that I was like, well, at some point I'll, you know, I'll, I'll put some words on a piece of paper and let people read it. Or was it specific to your story? Like, what are some of the reasons behind it? Well, that, again, Mike, that's another great question. There are two reasons why I wanted to write the book and ended up writing the book. The first reason to answer your question specifically is uh, when I was attending Villanova, um, I met one of Villanova's great institutions, a gentleman by the name of Bob Capone, who attended school at Villanova, was a student athlete, became a coach, got involved in the administrative staff and on the alumni side. And he recruited Howie Long to Villanova. So I had an opportunity to travel down to a uh, high school lacrosse state tournament. And Mr. Capone asked me to travel to that tournament with him. And we drove down, just down to Maryland, here in Pennsylvania, not far. And it was Howie Long's youngest son's lacrosse tournament. And I had met Howie once or twice before, um, but never had a chance to have an extended conversation with him. During that trip, um, you know, we're, we're in a parking lot, we're tailgating a little bit, meaning we're just hanging out, having conversations. And Mr. Capone decided to tell Howie my story about how I was able to grow up in an all black environment in Florida, not have it, uh, being coached by all black men. I get an opportunity. I didn't get a scholarship out of out of high school. Um, I got lucky, was thrown a Hail Mary, got into college. The first college I attended was the oldest HBCU in the country, Cheney University here in Pennsylvania and in, in Chester County. I was there one semester, coached by all black coaches. I, I go on a trip to Villanova, fall in love with it. They're starting their program up again because they dropped it after mm -hmm. how long, uh, got drafted to the Raiders. So the program was gone for three years, right? So that's my story of getting from Jacksonville to Pennsylvania, then to Villanova. And Mr. Capone tells Howie the story and Howie being the sharp guy he is and smart guy and worldly guy immediately picked up on, you know, the essence of the story. And he said to me, you ought to put that on paper. And I had no idea what he meant. I figured that was Hollywood talk, <laughs> but he, he began to tell me the positives of writing a story, right? Getting it out of your head, creating up, creating some free bandwidth, right? Um, it's a legacy product. You can have hand, hand to your family. People could use it as a, put it on their coffee table, use it as a conversation piece. It could take you in a different direction. You know, those, those things. And so 
uh, I was working in corporate America and the more and more I thought about it and the more and more Mr. Capone would tell that story because he could tell it better than me. <laughs> you know, the guy that could tell your life story better mm -hmm. than you, Mr. Capone was that guy, right? And we call, you know, a lot of our teammates call him the godfather because he was a mentor for a lot of a, a lot of student athletes, right? And he had he had our respect. So the more and more I thought about it, it, it just made sense. So I just slowly but surely, while I was working my corporate jobs, I, if if an idea or, or or a memory came to me, I'd write it down on you know on a pad, legal pad, whatever, toss it in the back seat of my SUV, and keep it moving. Well, over years and years and years, those papers started to stack up, right? And I can, I can remember, you know, maybe having a, a friend over uh, to visit and, uh, you know, former teammate or classmate say, what is all that paper in that box? And I'm like, no, nah, I don't worry about it. It's just it's work. It's work. Right. I didn't I didn't even tell anybody I was thinking about writing the book. So eventually it got to the point where, hey, I figured either I do it now or I'm going to kick myself later if I don't. And the next reason I decided to, what really sparked me to really move forward with it was when Colin Kaepernick took a knee and the uh, conversations that started because mm -hmm. of that. And if you can remember, every time in our country something happens, around race or in the race relation space, I would see a lot of media folks say, well, we need to have the race conversation, mm -hmm. right? That that would be, that. that's what you would see on TV or you would hear on the radio. And I immediately would say, sometimes I scream it out loud, driving in my car or sitting watching it on TV, I'd say, hold on, athletes on a diverse team have the race conversation because we're together all the time, especially during this season. We're together more than we are with our classmates. We're together more than we are with our families, if your family lives in that immediate area. And we're also together more than your significant other. So athletes are together all the time during the season, weight room, um, practice, um, Training table, eating, eating, right? Breakfast or lunch or even dinner. Uh, if we have study hall. So and then if if you're lucky uh, and you might be a roommate or live in the same dorm. Right. You're just you're just together all the time. So I knew they there was a missing piece to that, to the media saying we need to have that conversation. What they should have said was some of us need to have that conversation because I know as a football player and when you talk about sports in general, football has an average of, you know, when you're talking college football, mm -hmm. an average of 75 to 125 athletes on the team. That is the largest team sport that we play. Right. Mm -hmm. So we have all of those personalities, all of those guys who cross socioeconomic backgrounds and religions, right? Um, 
Mother Nature makes it where you're going to have to have that conversation. It may start about music. It may start about food. It may start about some type of cultural, pop cultural you know, thing, clothing, right? It could start anywhere, but it starts. And, you know, I like to say, and I even write it in my book, football players are aggressive, basketball players are passive aggressive. <laughs> so <laughs> football players will have that conversation without any doubt, nothing holding them back, voicing their opinions, and there they will be strong opinions, right? They will say exactly what they feel and what they think, and then the conversation will continue. I love it. I think it's it's very important to understand too, right? You, you are you are correct. Whenever anything about race does come up in in sports, of course, it is then going to be headline news just anywhere, right? It's it's either you know depending on which side of the aisle you sit on. I think they're all bad people because politicians are the worst. But uh, depending on which side you sit on, you're either a sympathizer or you're you're a victimizer, or you know it's just, it's just very confusing to me and. and it's kind of frustrating to watch. And and then, yes, those are the people that have the conversations where many of them haven't been in those situations and don't really know that many people in those situations. So should they be having them? No, we should let we, we should have more of an open forum of football players, of basketball players have those conversations so people can actually understand where they are coming from, which I think is important. Um, and yeah, I, I think I think it's 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 awesome that you are able to take that information and and really what you were able to do over time and put it all together into this book and and so i guess like obviously the book is about you it's about your life it's about some of the stuff but i guess tell me tell me some of the intimate details some tell me some of the stuff that you know when we do pick this book up what are we going to find in there because i think that that part is very important right like it's it's about your life that's great well, tell me about your life. Yes, you, you you went to an HBCU, which is fantastic, oldest one in the country. You then go to Villanova. Um, you know, I'm up here in, in the Northeast, so I'm familiar with Villanova. I had some friends go there, uh, and you know, we like to call it Villanofun, but that's maybe you know, maybe that's more 2010 lexicon. But I, I talk to me a little bit, like what, how how will people connect with this book? How what will this teach people? What what are what's someone going to get from your story specifically, Bodine? Well, I, I'm. I'm going to add uh, a, uh, a, a description okay. that we as Villanovan, the Villanova nation, can say to each other. Um, and we might get a little upset if somebody outside the family says it. But one thing I learned when I was on the campus was, yes, I heard the term Villanovan, but I also... Uh, were, is very familiar with the term vanilla nova, right? Ah, so another and, good one. All right, and 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 that was because our uh, minority ratio was small. Okay, and, and, and that's fine. You, you're going to find that um, in a lot of situations across college campuses around the country, and and and, and that's a different conversation. But to answer your question. My memoir has seven chapters, 42 topics. So I'd like to think that the reader out of those 42 topics 
we'll find something. We'll be able to connect with one of those topics and come and walk away with. Uh, they learn something. They're inspired, right? Uh, encouraged to take the opportunity to build a relationship if they haven't already with someone across socioeconomic backgrounds, religions, race, all the above, right? And my story should and can be uh, a way to help them do that. I mean, it, it's 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 not wrong to say that our white brothers, a lot of our white brothers and sisters did not grow up in an environment where it was diverse. Okay, there's nothing wrong with saying that. So um, I applaud folks who are interested in learning about the black experience so they can then put themselves in the shoes and be able to have a conversation. And again, not a again, I'm not trying to beat up folks who are, are, are promoting having those uncomfortable conversations. But my approach is no. I would rather start with the low-hanging fruit, the easy conversations, the same way if you're at a business uh, reception uh, or a networking event through a chamber or uh, someone's house party, right? Cocktail party at their home. You introduce yourself, they introduce themselves, and then you begin a, 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 a conversation that is positive, that is friendly, that is open. You don't immediately start the conversation with a polarizing, uncomfortable conversation. You're not going to build friends that way. You're not going to, right? So it's the same way when you're talking about race. You start off with the low-hanging fruit, right? Find something that you have in common, right? And then you go from there. So the 42 topics gives folk, the, the reader the opportunity to, to see how I was able to do it. My way isn't you know, the best way, but it gives an idea of how I was able to adjust, navigate, and come out at graduation with a positive outcome, with no chip on my shoulder, being in that environment that I didn't grow up in. So I, I think there's enough there to at least start the conversation mm -hmm. or give people, you know, some steps where they can at least start the process on their own. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I mean, I personally grew up in a very um, non-diverse area of the country, right? I, I grew up in the upper middle class. There really wasn't too many minorities there. So that was never something that I personally had ever had too much experience with. I then went to Rutgers University, which is I, at least is, is one of the most diverse campuses, uh, college campuses in the United States. And, and I loved it. It was kind of cool seeing colors and seeing, you know, hearing different languages and, and listening to mm -hmm. people talk about things. And, you know, one, one thing, you know, reason why I have this podcast and, and, you know, why I love to talk to people like you, but really just people in general is to learn their story, to learn their experiences, to see what they went through, because I can guarantee it's very different than what I went through. I didn't go through shit, man. Like what, what adversity did I face in life? Like, like, oh no, I had to wake up for work today. It's like, oh geez, Mike, I wonder how you're going to make it through. So, you know, it's, it's just one of those things where I've always enjoyed just learning how, you know, the backgrounds of others and, and really just kind of where they came from and, and how they deal with similar and, and dissimilar situations that I've been in. And it's just, that's always kind of just been a 
an interest of mine. That's why I've always loved it. And so I guess it, on, on that side of it, you know, we, we touched upon, you know, moving from one college to another, going from an HBCU to, uh, I'll, I'll use your words, Vanilla Nova, a very <laughs> non-diverse campus. Uh, what, what are some of the other stories and what are some of the other less, I mean, there's 42 different topics, right? So I, I assume there's a, this isn't just, does this just take place in those few years or does this take place over a, a longer period of time where, you know, you grow and we can see and feel and understand you growing along with those topics and with those conversations. Yeah, it, you know, it's a memoir. So it covers, it, it starts with my graduating high school from Gene Rebolt High School, Florida, then takes me to Cheney and then takes me to Villanova. And then it ends with um, me graduating from Villanova. Um, that That's the body of the story. Obviously, I have a intro and a a, a exit, uh, uh, um, lack of a better word, story mm-hmm. um, uh, that people will, will enjoy. Um, but yeah, it, it covers basically how I was able to navigate my way from being in that new environment at Villanova. You're talking about uh, a very uh, affluent school um, where, you know, I'd say 40% of the students come from well above middle class. Um, You know, you had kids driving convertible BMWs and all kinds of nice cars, Um, but also the academics, very, very tough. I had to adjust there as well. You know, I went to public school my entire, you know, uh, you know, teenage, you know, up until 12th grade, then I attended Cheney, which is a state school. And then I end up at a private Catholic, Irish, Italian, you know, university. So yes, I, I, I write and chronicle how I was able to navigate a lot of those issues that a lot of students face of color. You're talking, to, you know, identity, Right. How do I fit in? Um, Where do I fit in? And not just within the mainstream campus, but also within your your own black community, because what I learned was when I got to Cheney is that there were a nice there was a good number of athletes, student athletes from Florida. They recruited heavily or accepted a lot of students from Florida. So now you're talking about a regional difference, right? Me growing up in the South and meeting African-Americans from New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, right? Pennsylvania, Ohio, Maryland, right? Um, So even within our own community, there's diversity Mm -hmm. and learning that, right? So I learned a lot from, and I absolutely love Cheney, right? The issue was, so someone might ask, why did you leave? Cheney was a division two football program. Villanova was division one double A. Before they dropped it, it was a D1 program, right? So my dream was always to play D1 football. So when I got the opportunity to transfer over and do that, I felt like I couldn't turn it down. I couldn't I couldn't resist, even though I was going to be walking on and hoping to earn a scholarship 
to earn, you know, to stay there and graduate. I did the same thing at Cheney. When I got to Cheney, I was a walk on. So I had to prove myself. So some of the same things I had to, to deal with walking on the campus of Cheney University, I had to do the same thing at Villanova, right? Mm -hmm. So we all have a lot of things in common as we also have things that are different, right? There's nothing wrong with being different, right? We've learned that over the years, right? But we also should understand it and appreciate the things that we have in common because the things that we have in common will carry us and sustain us when things get difficult, right? So, um, yeah. So that I mean, I, 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 again, I have 42 topics. I talk about the police. I talk about uh, interracial dating. I talk about dating <laughs> within your race. So I cover both aspects of it from a from a a, a student athlete, you know, the black athlete, right? Mm -hmm. um, I talk about you know overcrowded, uh, you know, being in a in a in a situation where you you know you're a minority in a majority, right? Or vice versa, right? Um, you could be, for example, I, I, you know, there's a good example of when you think about our basketball team, um, you know, they're, they're, when you see the starters on the court, you, you generally see four black athletes, maybe three and two, you know, of our white brothers on the court, but generally sometimes you might see five African-Americans on the court, right? So, but when you look at the team as a whole, it's probably very diverse in terms of a, a, a ratio, mm -hmm. right? Um, you have those six, seven, maybe eight guys that'll play, maybe nine guys that'll play throughout the year. And then you'll have, you know, the guys who are the, you know, who are the, 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 the teammates who mm -hmm. practice and help the team get better, you know, and, and some people might call them bench guys. That That's not the right way to call it. They're teammates. They, they have a role to play just like the starters and the guys who play have a role, right? So you have your starters, your guys who rotate in, and then you have the guys who are practice players who help the, help the team accomplish the goal of playing. So um, I use an example of my senior year. There was Ed Pinckney, Dwayne McClain, Gary McClain. And most people thought we just had people outside the family of Villanova probably thought we only had three seniors on the team. We didn't. We had four seniors. Brian Harrington was the fourth. And Brian Harrington was one of our white brothers. Right. But a lot of people didn't know it. But he was just as valuable as a teammate, right, mm -hmm. as the three seniors who helped win the national championship against Georgetown and Patrick Ewing. Mm -hmm. He was just as valuable. You didn't see it on game day, but if you were on campus, you saw it during practice. Exactly. Exactly. Right? And that, that oh. is something that people don't realize, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I talk about that. I use that. I, I use that story as an opportunity for folks to see how everybody has a role to play. Right. And if you play your role 
and you do your and you do it well, the common goal is to win, and then win a a, a conference championship, and then win the overall championship, right? So everybody has the role to play, and when you talk about race relations, everybody has a role to play. Play your role, do it well. No one has to be, no one has to have the silver bullet, right? It's not, oh, it's my way or the highway. That's not how a team works. Everybody contributes. So if everybody contributes their part, it helps advance the football in a positive direction. And we can do a better job of doing that. And, and that's, again, one of the reasons why I wrote the book. So I can do my small part of helping advance the conversation regarding race relations, because it's, you know, it's 300 and what, 330, 360, let's stick to 330 million people in the United States. Everybody has a common story, but everybody has a different story, mm -hmm. right? No matter what race you are, what religion you are, everybody has their own individual story. So if we all do our part, we can literally advance the conversation in a positive direction and get and, and, and do our best to resolve the race conversation and the race issues. And, and, and professional athletes, as you said earlier, Mike, mm -hmm. perfect example. During this past six, eight months, we saw how the NBA did it. We saw how the NFL did it and the NHL and baseball and all of the sports. They did a better job of voicing their opinion. It wasn't perfect, but they did a better job because they're used to the foundation of sports. Discipline, trust your teammate, work, do, do it together, right? You know, everybody has a, vo a voice and a vote. How are we going to do this as a team? Do we want to do this as a team, right? Sportsmanship, right? All the foundations of sports that kids are taught at an early age till the time they stops playing playing a sport, hopefully they remember that and they use that as an example, right? To advance the ball, advance the topic in a positive way. And, um, and, 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 you know, Mike Greenberg of ESPN, I once saw him um, say this statement and his statement was, sports is the fabric of America, right? And if that statement is true, which I believe it is, right, then athletes protesting, getting involved in social justice issues, right? We call it Jedi, justice, equality, diversity, and inclusion, Jedi, right? Athletes getting involved can only strengthen that fabric of America. And I, I believe that. Yeah. I hope and, and that thank answers you. your question. <laughs> I think so. I think so. Uh, no, and I think, I think again, you know, thankfully, you were able to take your story and, and contribute to this conversation and help others understand the conversation a little bit more. Because as I said, I came from somewhere that there, there was no diversity really like any at all. And so it was always very interesting to me to see how, as I said, others do 
things that are similar. You know, it, it's just, you know, simple tasks that are, are nothing to me, but maybe different and, and important to somebody else and, and vice versa and, and really how it works. And as you were saying, you know, you put, you had, you were, you were taking your notes and you're throwing them in your, uh, your cardboard box or whatever it was work, let's say, uh, to your friends. And what was it like putting all of those you know, it's it's a big story, right? It's your memoir, as you said. What is it like putting those topics and ideas, taking them just from inside your head to putting them onto the piece of paper to then saying, not only do I want to write this down, I want other people to read that. What was it like going through that process? Because uh, I feel like that can be very heavy at times, especially when when talking about and, and remembering some of the negatives, but also very heavy and, and emotional when remembering some of the positives that come from this. Uh, yeah, it was um, it was emotional. Um, and sometimes, you know, you've heard uh, coaches. I grew up with coaches um, and, and was coached by um, coaches who would say, you know, check your emotions. Right. Um, and basically what that means is, yes, you you're during practice. You have to be aggressive. You have to practice harder than what than what you're going to play. So when you do play, you'll be it's muscle memory. You remember your your job assignments and all those things. So you work hard during practice so you don't make the mistakes. That's what I meant to say. So you don't make as many mistakes during the game because a lot of their mental mistakes because you're tired. Right. So I had to relive everything that I wrote about every single thing i had to relive and it 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 was it was tough at times it was difficult at times because you know the most difficult part of writing was writing about my mom um, my godmother who were you know very important to me obviously in my life but you know my godmother played a very important role when i was at villanova because again i wasn't on scholarship and she established a really good relationship with a financial aid director. And they were on the phone with each other all the time, trying to find money under a rock to keep, you know, to keep me in school. And they developed a great relationship. And Jean Fazio, obviously Italian, white, and my godmother, black, right? But they were both, and my godmother worked in, in uh, for a, a college, uh, in Florida. So she and the financial aid director had something in common. They spoke the same language. So they were able to build a relationship. And I guess that relationship matured and, and, and really got strong because they were both talking about me and trying to help me. So, um, yeah. So, you know, there are just so many uh, writing about my football coach. Uh, my position coach, to be specific, um, how he was the first white coach that I ever had. Right. Again, high school, jun junior high, high school, Cheney. I was coached by black men. I get to Villanova. There's one black coach and all white coaches. So what are the chances I'm going to be coached <laughs> by that one black coach? Ratio wasn't good. Ratio was right. My position coach was a white coach and I'll never forget him. Paul Ferraro was his name. And I had black coaches 
yell when I made a mistake, right? Yell at me like coaches do, for, especially football coaches. They get in your face, right? You got a helmet on. So they get in your face to make sure they're getting your attention, right? Well, it was the first time I had a white coach get in my face. And I'm from, and then, and then you take my background, born and raised in the former Southern Confederate state, right? In for in the South, former Jim Crow South, right? I never had, I never had, forget a white coach, a white person get in my face and yell in my face. So I had to deal with that. I had to learn to deal with that. And luckily I had teammates, black teammates, who grew up or played with a diverse coaching staff. And they were able to tell me, hey, it's not a big deal. It's not, you'll, you'll be all right. So because of their experience, I was able to listen and understand and not be, not feel some kind of way that I had a white coach yelling in my face all the time. But then I learned he was yelling at me all the time because he saw something in me and he wanted to make me better. So I was able to write about that, but I had to relive all of that. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> I mean, literally relive all of that. And, but some of it I was reliving anyway, because, you know, I, I I'm not ashamed to say, you know, I, I dream a lot. <laughs> so I've had a number of dreams over the years. Some might call them nightmares. There is a particular, the intro it actually is entitled Nightmare Race because I did. I had nightmares for years. And um, it's funny, once I started writing um, my manuscript, those nightmares started to dwindle down. Mm -hmm. And then the more dreams I had weren't necessarily nightmares. They were creative dreams versus nightmares. So, um, yeah, so I relived a lot, absolutely a lot, but it, it was emotional. Mm -hmm. Some of it was exciting, you know, remembering making a great tackle, right? Remembering recovering a fumble, remembering uh, teammates walking up and smacking you on the head or the shoulder pad, saying great tackle, great hit, remembering how I got the nickname, the hammer, uh, as a strong safety. That's a pretty cool thing. Right. So yeah. Uh, lots of emotion. That's awesome, man. And, and yeah, it's good. It great. Like sometimes people don't like emotions. Um, I personally do remind you that you're, you're human, that you're real, you're alive. Uh, so whether they're good or they're bad, at least you can remember that they, they make you feel some sort of way. And I'd rather feel something than nothing personally, but I guess Bodine, I mean, like reliving all of them, uh, positives and negatives. It does sound like it was a trip for yourself. Um, you know, writing them down and then finally putting them together in this manuscript. So I guess, Number one question, where can we go buy this thing, man? I mean, you, you've been talking it up. I want to I want to check it out. I want everyone listening to check it out. I think it'd be pretty important, again, because of really what's going on in the world right now. I think it is a very um, topical conversation to have, if, if not with others, at least with yourself to understand, you know, hey, like maybe maybe I don't know everything that's going on in the world. Maybe I should pay attention a little bit more. So where, where can people find it? What's the website? Social media is giving me all the stuff, man. Good deal. Um, my website is bodeensanders.com and that's bo-deansanders.com. My website has all the information you need um, 
you go to, you click on the book page and it has all of your favorite online retailers. You click on whichever retailer um, that you love, that you normally buy your books through, and it takes you right to that, to, to that online retailer. And you can order the book uh, that way. And um, so, yeah, I mean, it's just that simple. Go to my website, bo-deansanders.com. Get all the information. You'll see all the folks that endorse my book, um, and uh, which I'm pretty excited about and proud of from a retired senior executive from ESPN, uh, TV personality, academic, uh, a former professor, uh, nonprofit organization, the National Diversity Council, um, former, well, not former, I'm sorry, current voice of the 76ers. So, I, you know, I'm pretty blessed, lucky enough that folks um, read my manuscript, believed in it, uh, see there was a need for it, and decided to endorse the book. That's awesome, man. Well, congudos and congratulations. It sounds like it's very well-deserved. Uh, so I'll make sure that that website is in the show notes for everybody. We'll put it on LinkedIn. We'll put it on YouTube. We'll put it in the uh, show notes. So if you're listening to the podcast form, but, but Ian, this is awesome, man. Kudos and congratulations on getting the book out there. Very excited to get to check it out just in time for the holiday season, right? So Bodine Sanders, college football player, author of Race Against Against Race. Really appreciate your time today, man. Thanks, Mike. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. The book, it debuts December 21st. You can pre-order it right now. Love it. Pre-order it right now. Get it just in time for Christmas. I love it. Thanks, Bodine. Thank you, Mike. Right. Bye, everybody.